0: Hello, my name is Flick Beckett, and welcome to The Love of Cinema, a picture house podcast proudly sponsored by Kia, the champion of independent cinema nationwide. On today's show, I chat at length with the human force of nature that is director James Lavelle, whose environmental documentary, Race for the Future, will be touring across picture house sites with James and live local expert panels from the great big green week starting June the 10th and beyond.
1: Here we go. I'm explorer James Lavelle. On my travels, I've seen a planet in ecological meltdown. But I've also discovered a generation determined to fix this. Come with me on the greatest and most important adventure of my life. To discover what the next generation can teach me by collecting video messages from young people that I'll deliver to the UN Climate Conference. I'm gonna race from the UK Halfway across the world to Chile. Fossil fuel free. That's bonkers.
0: Welcome James Lavelle to the Picturehouse podcast and we are here to discuss your film Race for the Future, which documents your extraordinary solo dash across the planet to get to the COP conference in Chile, carrying with you the precious cargo of messages from the planet's youth would that be a fair description
1: that's a wonderful description thank you very much I'll, i might have to that summary it's rather the good
0: oh good <laughs> and can you tell me where did this this journey start for you like all the way back to the beginning where your passion for climate change and your decision to make this film and this is your first film as well is that right
1: it's it's my first solo passion project in that sense i I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've made many films before As a as a filmmaker for Discovery Channel, National Geographic, BBC, all the usual uh, suspects in that documentary and adventure kind of context. But to answer your question, I mean, really, um, my interest uh, and passion for um, the natural world, the environment, social justice is something I think has been nurtured in me from a very early age by nature itself. But I, I would say the the real turning point in my life before Going back to sort of the, the beginning before going back to sort of my childhood was, was actually a very, very dramatic moment in 2018. So, the year before I set off, off on this Race for the Future adventure, 2018, I was tasked with the challenge of, of chasing hurricanes in a documentary series for the BBC. Um, and it was my job to yeah. essentially put myself in. the in the path of the most powerful storms of the planet and tell the story of what it takes to survive these um deadly weather events and i was doing exactly that for this series hurricane man which which followed the work of storm chaser josh morgerman who would try and put himself in in the eye of 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 the storm in the eye of of the hurricanes Uh, and that was his that was his mission to record the data and get himself right in sort of the ground zero epicenter of the storm, but it was my job during that series, as I said, to to find local people who, for whatever reason, had uh, not evacuated or were not able to evacuate, uh, and to to weather the storm with them and tell them that story. And I found myself in Florida, in Panama City, just down there on the on the on the, on the south coast of the United States. And basically, the the long and short of it is um, the plan that we had, uh, which was to stick with their chartered fishing yacht. So, Stephen and Stephanie were the two locals that I I teamed up with, and they had a chartered fishing yacht, which is their entire livelihood. And um, they were unable to, to, to take the the boat out of the storm's path they were able to sort of put it in a in a sort of a safe place so they decided they would moor it in a tree sheltered bay and stay with the boat as the storm approached when the storm got too close and conditions got too dangerous jump in their pickup truck and head back to the relative safety with their house this was a pretty simple plan i thought okay i can get with this but the long and short of it is that plan went completely and utterly uh, out of the window, and we found ourselves trapped in the storm's path. Conditions got really, really extreme way quicker than we expected, and basically, the the hurricane it came in harder and faster than anyone predicted. And uh, that meant that by the time we did jump in the car, having uh, very nearly been crushed by a by a falling tree that landed only only feet away from me as I was filming Stephen adjusting the lines on his boat, that was a pretty Pretty really punchy warning shot. Stephen got off the boat. We all we all got together. We jumped in the car. We started driving home, and quickly discovered, as the just got worse and worse and worse, that the only three roads back to Stephen and Stephanie's house were blocked by fallen trees and uh, collapsed power pylons. So we were trapped, and we had nowhere to shelter. And uh, the rest of the town had completely evacuated, uh, and boarded up their houses. So we couldn't even. You know, break into someone else's house for the, for the, you know, to shelter in there. We, we couldn't get into any, any, any sort of um, safe structures. So we found ourselves driving around town, desperately looking for, for somewhere to hunker down. And then spotted through the, through the sort of the wind tunnel of, of, of extreme, you know, weather that we were driving through, rocking the pickup truck, things smashing into the side of the, the car. We spotted a local fire station and made a beeline for that, uh, having to drive up and over people's backyards, in fact, because the, um, the 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 road was completely trashed with with you know other fallen trees and, and bits of debris. And we got to the fire station and I ran to the back and was smashing on the back of the door, you know, hoping, hoping that someone's inside because we had no idea and it was manned and we all got inside the fire station and breathed, you can imagine an almighty sigh of relief because we had found shelter and we'd found what was designed to be a hurricane-proof building because the emergency services, as, you know, buildings there in the in the American South are built to be hurricane-proof. So we had scored. Couldn't believe our luck. Guardian angel staff, you know, fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. And then I started to get a uh, 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 sort of water dripping through on, on my head from the ceiling above, and I thought that's weird. Mind you, it is pretty punchy weather out there. Maybe there's a there's a hole in the roof, and then the the, the dripping water, uh, buckets water coming through with ceiling tiles falling out. When a fireman comes running down from the from the first floor of the of the building, second story, and uh, screaming, everybody get out now! Head for the fire trucks! Head for the garage! Get in the fire trucks now! Which was um, a <laughs> strange thing because we're like, hang on, we're in the building. And you want us to get in the fire trucks? What's going on? And we, we we all race into the into the garage where the three fire trucks were parked up and it was blowing an absolute gale and, I, and i'm not filming the whole thing and i look up and the and the roof of the hurricane proof fire station is being ripped clean off like a like a sardine can by this by this hurricane this was hurricane michael uh, so we were we were in a real pickle now uh, there were three fire trucks and everyone's having to squeeze into the the, the the front uh, the the front cabs you know which are not very big right you know of the of the, of the, sort of the standard fire trucks um and i and there was no space for me I, the first one was full the second one was full meanwhile conditions in the, in the in the garage are going absolutely bonkers that roof's ripping clean off uh, and i've got and i can't even get in a fire truck they managed to squeeze me into the third fire truck and just as i jumped into the the cab and we and we slammed the door the roller shutter garage doors of the of the of the, of the um of the fire station ripped off of the hinges and the and the hurricane came blasting through just where I'd stood at, at over a hundred miles an hour. The wind speeds got up to 155 miles an hour, which is like the equivalent of, if you imagine um, driving down the motorway at 70 and sticking your head out of the window, times that by two. And that was blasting past us. So I just got in the fire truck in time. And there, there, there I stayed, um, you know, hoping that that we would um, survive, and um, we did so thanks to the foresight of uh, of, of the firemen, who had, I think perhaps anticipated this as some sort of a crazy worst case scenario. Because what they'd done was they'd driven the fire trucks flush up against the um, the roller shutter doors and stuck mattresses from the sleeping quarters, the firemen's sleeping quarters. They take the mattresses off the beds and they put the mattresses between the the glass at the front of the cab and the and the roller shutter door, um, so that when the uh, the is ripped off and the, and the door started banging in, the glass in the in the, uh, the front of the cab didn't smash, and that's what that's what ultimately saved our bacon. So that terrifying experience, uh, uh, very much a near death sort of scrape, had a had a pretty profound impact on me. Whilst hurricanes are a natural phenomenon. They are also very much climate chaos at its most extreme and with the with the climate crisis we're seeing more extreme weather around the planet and hurricanes in particular uh, potentially more numerous and uh, more powerful and having experienced the sharp end in such extreme circumstances it was impossible for me to to forget and i from that point felt determined to Try and contribute something and do something impactful, have which way I could, um, to make a yeah to make a positive difference in the in the climate crisis. But uh, uh, I wasn't, it wasn't clear to me how how on earth and what on earth I could do.
0: Sorry, I just muted myself. For that, that you couldn't hear my reactions throughout the whole thing. You are a very natural storyteller, but that is and and, and it's very in keeping with your film as well because for anyone listening to that that is what the film is like too you're just gripped through these incredible adventures that you go on but this one in particular you know must have been like you say absolutely terrifying and we hear of hurricanes all the time but to actually have an account of someone having been in one so we get used to seeing them in places like Bangladesh or wherever and almost think that they're just like a high wind and not really appreciate absolutely how devastating and how dangerous they are, and that children and families are caught up in them. Yeah. So thank you for absolutely. that account.
1: There's the there's the sort of the the seeing is believing, and then there's crucially the experiencing. You know, there's 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 a there's a fundamental and 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 massive difference between seeing something understanding the concept of it and experiencing it having that experiential understanding living through it that's the real deal and 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 having done so in that context and so very 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 nearly lost my my life that that sort of experience you know it it certainly rocked me to my core and it and it did leave me feeling quite powerless and um that's not a it's not a nice feeling, but I think it's quite pertinent and poignant in the context of the climate crisis because it's it's a you know it's a global crisis and, and um, it's just so massive that 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 you know it, it can leave many of us feeling quite hopeless or, or or at least clueless as to what we can what we can do. And I just knew from my 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 life and personal experience that the, the best way to counter that sense of, of powerlessness is is to is to act and 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 find a you know way of acting. It wasn't clear to me though what I could do as a, as in the context of a filmmaker, uh, an adventurer, a storyteller. How could I be useful in the climate crisis? I got my answer when I returned home from that that series. After I should add chasing two more hurricanes, <laughs> uh, not quite as as deadly and devastating as that, but um, just just I mean further fuel to the fire. My goodness, crikey! It was a there was a there was a there was a hurricane in um. Mexico that I flew down, and ended up having to to keep a a young family safe in a hotel that was ripped apart by by another hurricane that came straight through the building, and then and then the Philippines for a typhoon, where we hunkered down in the in the town hall with the rest of the villagers, and, and as, as the windows blew in and people got cut by the glass, it was just I mean, oof. so this was this was a very real you know sort of clear and present danger for me, uh, and I wasn't sure how to act. I came home. Uh, to the UK, and end of 2018, beginning of 2019 was the birth of the youth climate movement, when hundreds of thousands of young people, many of whom you know were too young to to even vote, um, were self organizing, uh, self educating, and taking to the streets to make their voices heard. If you remember that time, it was it was extraordinary. It was it was, and I and I thought it was the most inspiring. Amazing thing I'd seen. You can imagine someone like myself who made it feel so powerless and had such an extreme experience to, to see this, this, this galvanization, this, this, this kind of like togetherness from, from the young people, from, from kids, you know? And, and they hadn't been rallied by, by adults. They, they were doing all this themselves. I just thought, this is brilliant. And, uh, and this I can get behind. There I was in uh, in London at the time, and I was seeing the the youth climate movement come into existence, and I found it so incredibly inspiring and i and i and I thought to myself, "Well, this I can get behind um, what what can I do to help?" and it, it seemed pretty clear to me that frankly, as a filmmaker and a storyteller, anything I could do to help amplify their voices and get the message out there, share that inspiration that that uh, and, and help uh, inspire people to get engaged and get involved and counter that that apathy and that 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 hopelessness would be a good thing. So I thought, well, okay, cool. What I need is I need a big old journey. That's uh that that's 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 a key part of the formula for for an adventure. That was pretty straightforward because actually the next UN, you know, United Nations climate conference was due to be in Chile in South America. So that was a long way and that you know offered all sorts of exciting opportunities for for exploring. And, and meeting young people, so I thought that's great. Um, next element was what's going to be the what's going to be the challenge for me uh, in an adventure capacity, and that was pretty straightforward too. Because the last thing you want to do on a climate adventure is is be whizzing around the world, you know, pumping uh, emissions and and, and CO two fumes into the air. So I thought, well, I'll do my damnedest to get to Chile, which was over nine thousand kilometers away, fossil fuel free. Um, and my purpose was was clear. My purpose was to, throughout that journey, meet as many young people as possible, share their stories and actually give each of them uh, the opportunity, almost like their own Greta Thunberg uh, moment, Greta Thunberg, who I'm sure you're familiar with, the inspiration behind the, um, the school strike movement uh, and indeed Fridays for Future youth climate movement to have that uh, Greta Thunberg moment whereby Greta goes to the climate conference and she, and she tells the politicians what for and does that you know extremely effectively and very bravely and many of these young people would love that opportunity but they they don't have it so I thought well I could video them I could video their message what is their most what is the message they'd like to share with the politicians and, and the leaders I'll video that And when I get to the climate conference, I'll edit all these messages together and I'll deliver them in a film um, to the conference.
0: So that, of course, was the plan. (laughs) And like so many great documentaries, things you have to go with what is thrown in your path. The first one I thought was really great because you could see right from the beginning, you were going to be completely transparent and honest with us as well was when you had to use fossil fuel. And. You know, it was like in, in, in the sort of pit at the first post, but you were undefeated. And I, and I thought you handled it really well. Is this, that this is the world we live in. So we are going to have to use fossil fuel or die on the English Channel. <laughs> so how scary was that moment? And I suppose in, compar- in comparison with the hurricane, it was probably a, a two on the scale of one to 10, but it was well, very yeah, real it, and present danger. It, it, very true in comparison with the hurricanes, not quite as, not
1: quite as intense. Um, uh, on a relative scale, but I think we, you know, we set off from the um, south coast of England, sailing across the the English Channel, uh, as you say, and it was the most beautiful and epic start to the adventure. Um, but as we as we sort of ventured towards the middle of the of the channel, the wind dropped and this thick, thick, thick fog uh, descended all around us, so that we could barely see anything at all. And and by that stage, we had navigated. Into the shipping channel, and the shipping channel in the English Channel is the busiest shipping lane in the world with huge tankers blasting past at a, a rate of knots. And uh and, and as I said, we were bobbing about going nowhere. So we were left with a very stark choice. And Guy, who was who's my my captain, you know, said, Listen, <laughs> we're from very real danger as the foghorns of these, of these huge you know tankers which we we couldn't see were going off you know all around us um spookily in the mist um he said we need to we need to get out of this shipping lane and fast and without any wind um we did have to put the motor on for a bit and you know to navigate out of of, uh danger but it was you know a tiny amount of, of, of fossil fuel but as you say the the reality and the last thing i wanted to do on this journey was was um you know bullshit people and and, um, and sort of uh, not not paint a true picture of of what was the challenges on on my journey. So you know the ambition was to travel as best as possible, fossil fuel free and, and that and that ambition remained totally intact. We, you know we, we had to use the engine briefly to get out of out of danger in the English Channel, but once back on land, so I arrived in France, it was I hopped on my bike, and off, off I went making my way to Paris.
0: And I mean, some of your hairiest moments were provided by running out of um, whatever kind of fuel you were using, wasn't it? Like, I mean, even like with the bike, like, there was that awful moment going through that tunnel and the choice as to whether to have the shortcut through the tunnel or go 11 hours over the hill. You know, like it was interesting. That it was always, I don't know, like just whatever could compel you forward was the thing that was almost stopping you sometimes. Well, that yeah, <laughs> that's the
1: thing about, about about a journey and an adventure is you know it's it's what obstacles do you do you face and and you referring to uh, the the biggest obstacle I faced on my journey physically was indeed the Andes Mountains in in South America. It was the last barrier between me and and Chile, the city of Santiago. I had to I had to climb up and over twelve thousand five hundred feet. Of mountains, they're the second biggest mountain range on the on the planet outside of the the Himalaya. So, really, really big mountains, and there was nothing for it but to, to cycle over them. And I just had to I had to do it. And my journey up towards the summit was 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 fairly steady. Though uh, what I hadn't foreseen was the 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 fact that that particular route across the Andes is one of the biggest trucking routes between Argentina and Chile. So. I was getting absolutely blasted by these these huge, you know, lorries, trucks that were were, were speeding past me, very, um, you know, uh, uh, unused to and often just simply not seeing, you know, me as a little cyclist. Um, So that was quite intense. You know, I got past that and I got to the very top and there I was looking forward to to cycling over the summit and discovered that actually the, the, the road, as you so said, became a tunnel. Very sensibly, <laughs> went you know went through the went through the mountain and avoided having to go right over the top of the summit. Uh, but that tunnel was only wide enough uh, for two trucks. And after my experience of, of of almost getting you know repeatedly flattened by these trucks on an open road heading up, there was not a snowball's chance in hell that <laughs> I was going to you know enter that <laughs> enter that tunnel. Uh, and that left me with 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 only one choice, and that was to cycle up and over the um, the, the the gravel. Uh, switchbacks that, that that took me to the to the to the true summit the true mountain pass and that was a that was the most intense cycle ride of my life
0: it was incredible and the, the footage that you got i mean throughout the whole i mean it really is planes trains automobiles and beyond and like every single stage is something so wonderful and different and the footage that i thought at the top of the mountains i couldn't believe you were on your own you're an incredible cameraman well, th- thank you. I, I wasn't. So basically, I, I, on the journey, I
1: was, um, I was accompanied by a really wonderful and brilliant human being called and who was my, yeah, my, my partner in crime and sort of key um, cameraman. And I, and, and I, whilst I did film myself, as is as is um, by necessity, and also just um, you know uh, in terms of my my style. Johann was with me every step of the way. And so he was cycling up the Andes as well. But it gets better than that because uh, not only did I have um you know Yoan's, you know assistance for all that um there in, in Latin America, but because we this this journey was 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 such a beautiful journey through through the youth climate movement and through activism in general and uh really friendship, we were connected to all sorts of Um, fantastic people along the way when we arrived in Mendoza in Argentina so at the the bottom of the of of the Andes with the prospect of having to cycle up and over them to get to Chile we stayed with a with a with a absolutely a wonderful woman called Guni and Guni put us up and uh, uh, introduced us to all sorts of uh, fantastic things that were happening in Mendoza and as we were preparing to leave, she said, "Well, when you're cycling up and over the the Andes, you must drop in on my son." And we're like, "What?" And she's like, "Yeah, he lives up there. He lives he lives in the, in in the last village before the summit." And um, I'm sure he'd love to to meet you guys. I'm like, "Oh, well, of course, phenomenal." And she said, "Well, and he's also um, uh, he loves flying drones." So he might he might be quite useful if 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 he's up for for helping. And I was like, wow, okay, cool. Well, you know, a lot of people like flying drones these days. Um, but but this this all sounds brilliant. So (laughs) we met up with him, and it turned out he was an absolutely brilliant drone pilot, Bruno. And so when I went for the for the you know for the summit there, not only did I have Joan helping film me as as I as I've cycled up there, but Bruno was in support with his fantastic drone, getting amazing shots. So it was just—it was like having a little tiny mini film crew um, that just just came out of nowhere. Thanks to the sort of the the beauty of 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 you know sort of the human connections that we were that were facilitating our journey uh, and 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 not just facilitating the journey, but actually boosting the filmmaking which was which was the 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 biggest surprise i mean the the one the one part of the trip where it really needed a fantastic drone operator and bruno just you know appears out of nowhere and goes yeah sure i'll fly a drone and get that for you so it was a it was a it was a, a pretty magical thing
0: let's go somewhere new See worlds we've never seen before. So that we can feel inspired. Whether you're sitting in a cinema or in one of our cars, inspiration comes when we feel something new. That's why our electrified range is designed to take you on inspiring journeys. Kia, proud supporter of independent cinema. Kia, movement that inspires. And you know, the film really does represent the story of the the quality of the destination rather than the, the, sorry, it's the quality of the journey rather than the destination, because yeah. like, you, you get that every step of the way. And even when you were thrown the biggest spanner, which was the cancellation of COP, it was, we, we come to know you and fully expected you to have a solution, you know, like to what was thrown at you at that moment. You know, it was like, oh God, that's shattering, but not, but not at all, really. Tell me again that that moment when you got the news, and then how you resolved to just carry on.
1: Oh well, I mean, yeah, best laid plans of mice and men. There I was um, with a very simple and clear mission to to get myself to to Chile to the United Nations Climate Conference, and and uh, a key part of that journey was sailing across the Atlantic. That was obviously um, you yes, haven't mentioned that bit. <laughs> no, no, no. So I mean, you know, getting through Europe was was one thing. And in the grand scheme of things, other than a few hiccups here and there was was pretty straightforward. But but of course, between Europe and South America is the second biggest ocean on the planet. Um, and I had to uh, sail across that. And I found a, uh, an absolutely spectacular, amazing tall ship that I was uh, able to to join and become part of the, sort of the paid crew, if you like, sailing it across the across the ocean. And just over halfway you know, thousands of miles from land, I received a message on my on my satellite device, obviously no cell phone coverage in the in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and uh, my my satellite messenger pinged and there was a, a missive from the um, head of climate change at, at WWF, a, a lovely man called Gareth Redmond King. Uh, who was following and supporting my, my journey? And he he said, uh, well, I, I, I remember it like, yeah, I'll never forget it. The beginning of the message was, um, it read, uh, Don't panic, but, which is just, I mean, that's that's absolutely the worst way to start a message. Because, you know, in two, two, two words, of course, I'm instantly panicking. I'm like, Well, what? there must be something to panic about. Don't panic, but the United Nations Climate Conference that you're traveling over 9,000 miles, fossil fuel free to get to in Chile been cancelled and relocated to Madrid Whence I'd come I mean I I just passed through Madrid you know weeks ago uh, and that was the bombshell that I received in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean you know you talk about curveballs so as big as they get really I mean what do what on earth are you supposed to do with that and and, and it and I, it really wasn't clear I mean you know but, um the destination was set um, and the objective was clear um so I had a um, Time for 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 thinking a lot of time for soul searching there for the last you know couple of weeks of the of sail before I arrived in in you know Latin America I wasn't I should probably say I wasn't able to just turn the the ship around and head back to Europe that wasn't that wasn't even an option the ship the ship's you know destination was set and I had to had to see it through so I mean it really was a uh, an example I suppose a, a quite a, a literal example of my ship had sailed I, I had to. I had to complete that journey. And when I arrived in um, South America, I arrived in Uruguay, the city of Montevideo, I had an idea as to what made sense for me to do, but the proof in the pudding to to ask the youth, the youth climate movement and get their perspective. So when I I arrived there, uh, the first thing I did was team up with a a, a group of uh, young people from Fridays for Future and um participated in a, in a in a in a peaceful protest that they were doing and afterwards i spoke to this very inspiring young woman called clara rivero who was one of the um the, the the leaders if you like of that that group and i asked her straight out i said clara what's what what should i do what's the what's the what's the point now the the U.N. climate conference isn't even going to be here um you know what's What's the best thing for me to do and she didn't bat an eyelid and she didn't hesitate and she immediately said you continue this journey you do everything you can to amplify our voices we've been sidelined by the un your your mission is more important than ever now um to be here in in latin america and to to amplify our our voices as, as best you can and when you get to chile the United Nations Climate Conference won't be there. We know that it'll, it'll be in um, but there will be all of the or, or the majority of the, of the other climate events and climate festivals that were intended to to run concurrently with the UN meeting. Those will be going ahead. Um, so I'm sure you'll be able to find, you know, somewhere to to sort of uh, get the message out when you get there. But the most important thing is continue this journey, finish the job that you started, and do anything you can to amplify our voices. And that that was a. A pretty pretty profound and pivotal moment for me because I think in my heart that's what I'd felt, but to have that so clearly and, and powerfully articulated by um by one of the young people that, that you know I was there to 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 promote essentially and, and 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 amplify. Yeah, so so to have Clara so clearly and powerfully articulate what what she believed was the most important thing for me to do made perfect sense. And I was very, very happy to to to, to follow her lead really and 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 uh, you know that it it made sense so I continued the journey and yeah as, as I said found myself blasting across Argentina and up and over the Andes and, and making my way to uh to Chile.
0: And as with so many of these things you know that like you think this is the plan John Lennon said life is what happens while you're making your plans and what I felt the purpose was ultimately was to give these this youth movement, the dignity of a voice. And also I have no doubt that by standing in front of a child and recording what they feel and what they say will empower them for life. So we have no idea really the impact that you'll have had on all those people that you filmed, all those children that you filmed and what they will take out into the world following that. So you know, in one respect, your mission was to go to COP, but the real mission was all the way along the way to empower all these incredible children or youth or young adults doing what they do. Do you see? What, that's what I took from it. Well, that's that's that's
1: beautiful. Thank you. That 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 means a, a huge amount because I, I I hope you're you're right. I hope that um the the, it, the the whole trip and the motivation behind it was to was to inspire, encourage, you know, motivate. I had been motivated by the youth climate movement, and and so uh, I wanted to I wanted to return the favor, really. And and yeah, I mean, I, I, I you never know quite how one your your actions will impact the world around you, but but your actions are most profoundly felt by the by the people affected by what you do. And and I think the ripple effect is something that I've become increasingly conscious of. When you do really inspire someone and you, you help change their perspective their mindset, you can't you know the, 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 the impact from from there on could be be massive in terms mm. of how they choose to lead their life and the way they act and, and their impact on other people and, and yeah I mean I, I always try to to share a you know positive mindset and, and, and really that that it is, at the end of the day like it's that spirit of adventure you know the the, the playfulness the the, 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 the fun. You know the, the spirit of play, fun, positivity. Because I really believe that's how stuff gets done. I think it's important to be aware of 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 what's not right, what's not working. But but it, it it's it's really really important to be careful about what one chooses to put one's attention on or into. And you know, so I think you know if you if you're choosing to put your energy on on everything that's not working. I can't help thinking it's better to put one's energy into what will work better, and so I'm always thinking about kind of the the, the the sort of how do you rather than focusing being aware of what's not right in the world and what's not working very well, but then actually choosing to put my attention and my energy into helping build you know a better world, really. Absolutely. Um, and and I think I think one, one thing I should, should mention as well, actually, because uh, you were talking about the invention of working out the plant Um you know, you never know how things are gonna. You never know how things are gonna work out. You never know how 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 people are gonna gonna impact you. And coming back to Clara, I had done what I I could to help amplify her voice there in Uruguay when I when I made landfall in South America, and I and I and I raced on across the continent to get to Chile in time for the the climate festivals that were running currently with the the UN climate conference at so the time, the time limit was still on, it was still a raise. When I was approaching Santiago, I got a text message from, from Clara saying, James, I've had the most amazing news, I'm being sponsored by an organisation to, to go and attend the United Nations Climate Conference in Madrid to represent the youth of Uruguay. And that i was like you've got to be kidding me that's absolutely amazing that's like you're gonna get you're gonna get to go this is this is this is the dream i don't need to be there clara I, I i don't need to be there at all it's much more important that someone like yourself is there and actually i can send you the video i can send you the youth climate messages film and and if you're happy you can you can deliver it to the united nations and uh, Clara was more than happy to do that, and that's exactly what she did. <laughs> so, I so I found I found the biggest climate festival I could in in Santiago. There was this amazing stage in a in a in a park, and and I went up onto the stage, blagged myself on. I wasn't I wasn't booked in there at all. It was all just a very last minute, and 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 um, I got up there and I showed the film. Meanwhile, Clara was in Madrid at the United Nations climate conference and did deliver the film. To the UN, after all, so it was the most extraordinary double whammy. I mean, much—I mean—a a much better conclusion than I could possibly have planned or imagined. And and you know, as I said, that 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 that's all—all all come from from just human connection and mutual inspiration. And you never know how things are going to work out. And so that ultimate objective of getting the the youth climate messages seen and heard at the United Nations climate conference was much more powerfully delivered on by a young person who had been pivotal in inspiring the continuation of my
0: mission, she was the person who delivered the messages. I mean, how cool is that? It was unbelievable. I mean, I ha- I didn't see it coming, so I wasn't gonna mention it because I thought that's quite a good big reveal oh, at the end well, of your documentary, but you've said it now. But I mean, and it absolutely floored me. I was in bits, you know, because it was so moving.
1: Oh, well, well, thank you. I mean, it was it it still moves me. And, and so I think that's like, yeah, it's it, it's 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 real stuff.
0: Yeah, real. it's really real. And she was so enormously proud to be doing that. So, you know, I want to go back just to, to the enthusiasm and, and do it like the best piece of advice I, I had about what, you know, what can I do for climate change? Because everybody asks that question. And I do think it is do what you love, share what you love and and try and contribute positively, because there is so much doom and gloom. And, and and that energy is really unhelpful and really toxic. Whereas if you can find something that you really do, like for instance, I love showing films and I thought how you know, and I love working for a film company, so I'm putting films on. <laughs> I'm putting as Absolutely. many climate films on as I can. And I'm doing that for Great Big Green Week, which we're going to be doing with you. And with, with you, we're going Great Big Green Week and beyond. We're going to be doing a tour throughout Picture House with awesome. live panels and lots of people speaking, reaching out to the community. You know, so I hope you're looking forward to that.
1: Oh, massively. I can't wait.
0: <laughs> and, um, and yeah, so we're going to wrap it up there, if that's OK, James, unless there's something else that you'd like to add to our podcast listeners out there
1: i would I would simply add to what you've just beautifully articulated there in terms of the importance of of of, of contributing and, and proactively getting involved and engaged by focusing on what it is you love to do and and just finding a way to contribute positively to, to anything social or environmental. It's all, it's all linked and and anything that can lead to sort of happier, healthier human beings frankly will will mirror itself. In the external world, if we're all learning to actually, you know, treat ourselves, you know, sort of like uh, look after ourselves and each other better, we will we will inevitably be looking after the environment better as well. And so, in a practical context, um, when you think about what it is you love to do, maybe you love gardening. Well, it's like okay, cool. Well, what 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 cool projects are going on around you? And it takes a bit of um, you know digging. Excuse the pun.
0: Sometimes
1: like. You know that, that you'd be you'd be amazed, and this is this is where my work is leading me now at the moment, is uh, in in helping connect and integrate people with all of the amazing projects that are going around them. But you'd be amazed at how much incredible work is happening everywhere, thanks to the 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 amazing altruistic work of of so many humans that um, you know are either so busy doing this amazing work uh, that they don't have time to to promote and publicize and communicate, or or in many cases. That's that's just not what they're about because they're incredibly humble. But the work is going on. I will continue to do my my best to to promote it and 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 connect people to it. But if you love gardening, you know, perhaps there's there's some organic allotments, you know, near you, or there's a community farm, or you know, who knows what options might be around you. But once you start getting involved proactively, it's an absolute game changer. Cause it because not only then are you physically contributing to building ultimately a better world in that context, you know, uh, you know, healthier soil, you know, local food resilience, you, you name it, but you are finding community. You're working with, 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 with local like-minded, positive people. You're coming together. And um, before you know it, the whole process snowballs. And, and I'm, I'm finding that repeatedly. Once you get involved, once you start, you know, taking action and engaging in something that you love, as you said, your whole world, starts to transform around you. It's quite remarkable. And, and I suppose you know following that adventurous spirit, you know embodied in the race for the future, it's incredible how, before you know it, uh, what what was considered to be impossible is transformed into possible. And that's all through that's all through you know people coming together, positivity and um, you know really sort of belief and in, in, in faith in, in what you're doing and it's, and it's transformative and it, and it, um, you know, race for the future as an adventure was, was, was like a pretty, a pretty sort of, um, beautiful example of, of exactly that. But, but, uh, you know, I think the, the, yeah. the, the secret here is to find one's own race for the future, one's own adventure local to where you live, tuning into what it is you love finding people who, who also love doing that coming together, and and taking action in whichever way that is and that is how we transform the world
0: james abell thank you so much for joining us today it's my
1: pleasure